Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God's word which we receive with grateful hearts this morning is from the Gospel of Mark chapter 1 verses 9 to 15. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, and he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and was with the wild beasts. And the angels ministered to him. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. In 1982, three students independently wrote to the SAT board to let them know that they had made a mistake on the SAT. The correct answer to one of the questions was not listed under that question. You couldn't get it right. The board reviewed uh, the question they were talking about and realized that they were correct. They removed the question from the SAT and adjusted all the scores, even the scores that had already been put out and been published of the students who had taken the SAT that year. For some, this was a good thing. Their scores went up a bit. For others, their scores went down a bit. And potentially, even a single point difference of the SAT meant they may not have gotten into the college they wanted or they may have lost their full-ride scholarship. It used to be that uh, how you did on the SAT could have a huge impact on your life. But there is no test ever given which was more important or had a bigger impact on the lives of the people than the one we just read about in our text. Jesus was thrown by the Spirit, Mark says, into the wilderness, driven, is the New King James translation, to be tempted by Satan. And in this temptation, Jesus was tested. It was a test that meant life or death, not just for one person, but for the whole world. Good thing we already know the result. That Jesus was victorious. And because Jesus passed the test, we too are victorious. We win. However, even though the test is completed, and our names are written in the book of the heaven in the book of life because of what Jesus did for us. Nevertheless, we are still tempted and tested in this life. Like Abraham, Noah, David, Daniel, the children of Israel, Job, and so many others, temptation is a daily part of our life and through that temptation God often tests our faith 
like we heard, Abraham's faith was tested in our Old Testament reading. Even though the victory is ours, we still undergo this temptation and God allows Satan to tempt us on a daily basis. And so the theme of our sermon this morning is when God writes the test. When God writes the test, the victory is already ours, but we are still tempted each and every day of our life. We are tempted by our own sinful nature. We read in our epistle reading from James 1, each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when full grown, brings forth death. Our sinful flesh wishes only to fulfill our own desires and generally wishes to do everything in the easiest way possible rather than in the right way. Why spend time with your kids when you can just turn the TV on and get your work done? Why get to know your spouse when you can go hang out with your friends at the bar instead? Why find a way to help other people when you can instead spend your time making your life easier? James reminds us in our epistle reading that each one is tempted by his own desires. For each and every one of us, the desires, the temptations are different. One person might be especially tempted by alcohol, another might be especially tempted by gambling, but some instead are tempted to spend all their time in front of TV or even reading books. Reading books isn't a bad thing unless you're, of course, neglecting your responsibilities and duties because of it. We each are, are tempted in different ways. We, we're very good at pointing out the temptations and the wrong desires of others. You shouldn't be drinking. You shouldn't be gambling. But James reminds us to look inward instead. What are the temptations, what are the desires that lead you astray? We think of the prophet Balaam, who was a prophet of the Lord, and yet he was led astray by his desire for riches and fine clothing. These temptations are with us each and every day. How can we resist? How can we win? How can we be victorious? Jesus himself reminds us in Matthew 26, 41, the spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak. The great thing about the tests that God writes is that every, every answer is the same, and we know it. The answer to every question is Jesus. And the answer is the same here. How can we resist? How can we win? Because Jesus has already won for us and gives us the victory through his death and the fact that he was victorious when he faced temptation. Before he was tempted in the wilderness, Jesus was baptized. And in that baptism, he received uh, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It came down upon him. He, received, he was strengthened for the, the task ahead of him. 
God likewise strengthens us through his word and through baptism to face the difficulties of the life ahead of us. But more importantly, in our baptism, he gives us the reminder that our sins are washed away in Jesus. It's good that we're strengthened for the temptation, but it's better that we know that Jesus died for our sins. Imagine walking along a tightrope half a mile off the ground. Now imagine walking along that same tightrope two inches off the ground. The tests and temptations that face us each and every day no longer mean life and death. Because the victory is already ours in Jesus Christ. Instead, it just means maybe a bruised ego or a scraped knee. As Paul reminds us, nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We daily face the temptations of our own sinful desires. But the victory is already ours, and we are forgiven through Jesus Christ. Secondly, we are tempted by the world in which we live. Proverbs reminds us in Proverbs 16.32, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Each and every day of our lives, we interact with people who often dig away at our patience, our forbearance, our love. We desire to be good children of God and show the same kind of forgiveness and love that Christ shows to us, but our spouse, our children, our neighbors, our friends, even strangers that we meet, test and try our patience, don't they? Sometimes it's not even somebody we know, but just a, a random stranger who we can't even see, but is driving along the road, driving a little too slow for us, or driving a little too fast for us, or turns in front of us and slightly inconveniences us when we're on the road, and that sometimes can really irk us, and make us react in anger and impatience. Whenever we allow the sins or the behavior of other people to cause us to sin, we lose. We fail, don't we? When we respond instead with the same kind of love and patience and forbearance and mercy and forgiveness that Christ shows us, then we pass the test. Jesus reminds us that even the ungodly show love to those who love them. But the true test of forgiveness is showing grace and mercy and kindness to those who treat us badly. Luke 6, 35. Love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High. Well, it's a good thing for us then that God doesn't test just once. He doesn't give us the test and pass or fail and that's it. But instead, we face these tests over and over again. And the goal, the point, 
isn't so much getting them right, which is good if we respond in love, but more importantly is Christ coming to us in those tests and strengthening our faith. When you review the life of Abraham in Scripture, and I went back and, and read through all the accounts of Abraham that we have, I counted 13 times that are recorded in Scripture when Abraham's faith is tested, either through temptation or uh, through tests like the one we read about. Of those 13 times, if you judge them and score them according to when did Abraham trust in the Lord and when did he fail to trust the Lord, well, he passed six of the 13 times. It's not a very good percentage. It's only 46%. And yet it's probably better than just about anyone else on earth except maybe David and Daniel. If, however, you score those tests not on the basis of what Abraham did, but on the basis of what God does, did God use the test to strengthen and encourage Abraham despite whether he passed or failed? Then, of course, you get 100%. When Abraham failed, God reassured him of forgiveness and strengthened him. When Abraham passed, God reassured him of forgiveness and of his grace and strengthened him in faith. We are tempted each and every day and our success-slash-failure rate is probably not good. But regardless of our sin, God comes to us through Jesus Christ and reassures us. Your sin is forgiven. Jesus passed the test for you. He died for you. And through that, reassurance and forgiveness strengthens, again, our faith. Thirdly, we are tempted by the devil. James reminds us in James 1.6, But let him ask in faith, without doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Satan loves to get us to doubt. He wants us to doubt God's existence or, better yet, even doubt God's love for us. If we doubt God's love for us, Satan can very easily lead us wherever he wants. I was over at the Little's house the other day and had a sandwich in my hand and their dog was sitting there on the floor. Every time I moved that sandwich, his eyes would lock right on it. Satan can easily lead us wherever he wants with a, a scrap of food when he gets us to doubt God's love and his forgiveness. However, God has a time limit on his tests. Normally, a time limit on tests is not a good thing. It means we have to hurry up and take the test, and if we run out of time, we leave a bunch of answers un unanswered, we get them all wrong. But when it comes to temptation and God's test, it's really a reassuring thing. When Job was tempted by Satan, when God allowed Satan to, to tempt and test Job's faith in his life, it was only for a period. And then God put an end to it and blessed Job and reassured him. When Jesus was sent into the wilderness, it was 40 days, and then the devil left him. When 
Noah was in that ark and the storm and the flood and the rain was coming down all around him. That, again, was for 40 days and then the rain stopped and the clouds parted. The Israelites were in the wilderness for 40 years. It's a long time, but it was a limited time. David was hunted by Saul, who sought his life, but only for a time. And then God established him as king over all Israel. God allows sometimes Satan to tempt us and to cause tribulation to enter into our lives. But he also reassures us that he has set limits only for a time. Whatever tribulation, whatever temptation, whatever tasks we may be undergoing at this time or at some other time in our life, it will not last forever. In Revelation chapter 13, the devil is given great power to trouble the earth. We read in, in Revelation 13, 15, he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as he would not to worship, to worship the image of the beast to be killed. But then comes Revelation 14, verse 1. Then I looked and behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. The time of the dragon, the time of the beast, the time of devastation, the time of tribulation and temptation is limited by God. And whatever suffering, whatever difficulties we may be enduring now, rest reassured that God will bring it to an end. He may bring it to an end soon. He may bring it to an end when our time on this earth is over. But he will bring it to an end. And then the glory. The same glory that we saw last week on the Mount of Transfiguration will be ours. This is how God writes his tests. He writes them in such a way so that you know every answer. The answer is, Jesus died for my sins. He writes them um, in such a way that you cannot fail because Jesus has already passed the test and God has promised you his grace and blessing, even his forgiveness when you sin. And he limits them. They last for a time, but then they are over. James 1.12 Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Jesus went into the wilderness and was tempted by Satan and he came out victorious. And because he was victorious, the victory is ours through Jesus Christ. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.